Did you know that women are two times more likely to experience stress during the holidays than men? I know a lot of you listening right now have a full-time career, plus you carry a majority of the domestic duties like grocery shopping, preparing meals, buying gifts, planning all the social events, and the list goes on and on. Then you throw COVID regulations and fears and plus homeschooling the kids on top of all of that and there's even more stress. I know the holiday season can be a lot, but I also want to remind you that you don't have to allow stress to control you. I'm excited to announce that Next Level Confident has launched a brand new holiday workshop that's available for the next eight weeks. In this workshop, I'm gonna teach you powerful, tangible mindset shifts to relieve stress both at home and at work so that you can show up as the calm, confident woman that you are. If you work in corporate America and believe this workshop would support the women of your company, you can connect me with your human resource manager so that we can get this on your company calendar. Head to our website, nextlevelconfident.com forward slash holiday dash stress dash workshop to watch this super awesome video that I created and to learn more about the workshop. Hope you're having a great start to your holidays. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. Today I have with me Lance Isios. He is the host of a top 100 podcast called University of Adversity, and he's the founder and CEO of Mike Up Podcast Productions. Lance, what is something cool going on in your world right now? Oh, wow. What a question. First, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> um, a lot. A lot's going on. A lot of personal transformation, a lot of stuff I've just been working on myself. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always stuff going on. I'm just being aware of that. And our, our paths change a lot. And I feel like sometimes I'm on that path and I'm kind of figure out like what the next move is and, you know, but it's exciting at the same time. So yeah, lots of stuff, the business with the podcast it's all, uh, it's all a work in progress. So it's really exciting. That is exciting. Very cool. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for sharing. I used to say like, how are you? And I felt like that was so basic. So I've been trying to get better at my, my question asking skills right off the bat. Just okay. got me off my seat. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I know. Like, let's just dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. So if you're listening right now, you can connect with Lance on Instagram at you of a podcast. You can find his podcast anywhere where podcasts are. So like Apple, iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. And once again, his podcast is called University of Adversity. And you can go to his website, which is Lance Isios, which I'm going to spell for you, E-S-S-I-H-O-S.com. Um, and it's all going to be linked in the show notes. So you can just click it on it there. Um, you guys also really want to check out his podcast. It's really incredible. He's had some incredible, amazing, amazing, huge guests on his show. He's had Jack Canfield's Grant Cardone, Elena Cardone, Dean Graziosi, 
this girl named Janelle Lene. What? I mean, come on. It's a great lineup of people. You'll definitely want to check it out. Um, okay, Lance, I want to ask you a quick personal question. This is like slightly selfish just because I've been dying to ask you this since the moment we connected. I'm super curious. How did you get these big name people on your podcast? And I just want to like say as a caveat, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but your Instagram has 228 followers, which it's not like a huge, huge, huge number, right? Like I think a lot of times people think, well, if I had a large audience, if I had a large Instagram following, then I could go do X, Y, and Z. Um, but you don't have some crazy, huge Instagram audience, but yet you've had these incredible names. What is your secret sauce? Like, how have you done this? Yeah. So the, the great question. So yeah, I have two Instagram accounts as well. So my, my University of Adversity Instagram account was started way later. Mm-hmm. So my other Instagram, Lance.ecos is the one. There's a whole story behind my Instagram too, which is hilarious because so the, I started that one. So Lance.ecos after, but I had a huge account before that got hacked. Oh. So I'd worked on that for years. Shoot. And yeah, so that this is this is the craziness <laughs> of it, right? So I um that was a lot of work and I I would pitch guests with that account. Okay. And I would and when that account got when it got hacked, I had to start from scratch. So now my personal account is, you know, it's getting there, but like it doesn't grow like it used to. And I just to be honest, so the the core to your answer, answer your question is I just always lead with some sort of gratitude or some sort of something deep within like that I noticed about them or their show to connect, not just surface level stuff. Like, Hey, I liked your book. Like I really just, I, I go deep. So I listen to a specific part of their, their podcast or something that I can connect with them better than somebody else. Cause you got to think like, why would they come on the show? Like what, what can I do for them? Why would they take their time? Right. You got to think, you got to get in their heads right. a little bit. And so that's what I, that's what I would do. And then, you know, with my university of adversity is, is a catchy name, which I have. And, and I just basically talk about the show a little bit and then I just stack what, what it is the show's accomplished. You know, each guest you have is another person that you can leverage to get on the show. We've also, you know, we're featured in entrepreneur magazine. We're featured in, um, in recently business insider. So the more you can stack up any accolades or any guests or any sort of achievements, the better it is at landing the next guest. So that's, that's kind of how I started from day one. And, you know, with my, sometimes in life when you get into flow and you find something that you're good at, or it's a natural thing, things just flow. And a lot of things didn't flow for me in my life. Like a lot of things were very challenging. I I couldn't get into the groove, but podcasting, probably because I worked in the bars so many years that I got very good at conversation, uncomfortable having to like talk to people and break barriers down. And I became a natural, it was natural for me because I got so used to it. So podcasting was like that. So it just started to build momentum. I, it started in December, 2018, you know, people were sending me people in 2019 and I was like, Whoa, I'm getting sent these awesome people. People must like my show. Like, this is great. Mm. And there was just a lot of flow. So I started to get more confidence. Then I started to pitch big people. Like I remember tagging Grant Cardone in a story with him and Jordan Belfort. And then I asked him to come on the show and he's like, yeah, let's do it. I had to hunt him down for a while with his assistant, but it's just persistence. And I just, I was just, I just believed in myself that I could do it. So 
it is a little bit of work, but a long answer to your question, it's, it's, yeah, if I would have pitched with that small account, that probably would have been a lot harder. But to be, to be fair, like you don't need a massive following to get guests, but it, is, it does help if you have a presence on social media and you're, you're working at it. Because you can look at somebody's social media and look at like, are they going upward trajectory or are they like doing nothing or are they just, right? Like you can, you can look at it and kind of be like, oh, okay. And that's how I look at guests too. Like they, they have some sort of presence, they're working on it. And I'm like, sure, okay. Because they want to tap into your audience as well. Right. Right. So that's what they're thinking about. So yeah, like that definitely, it definitely helps to have that. But I think really if you have a show and you're consistent and you're coming from your, uh, like a good place from your heart, I think that eventually you'll just, you'll outwork the other people and you'll start to just land the guests that you want, right? But it does take time, right? It's not going to happen like that for everybody. And I just want to be clear, right? Like you don't expect to just start and then all of a sudden everybody's going to jump on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I love what you're saying about following up um, because, you know, I've heard so many different statistics. I think the most recent one I heard is that 80% of sales or yeses that you get come from five follow-ups or more, right? And so often... I think the stat is that 44% of people don't try a second time. They only reach out one time about something. So for anyone listening, this could be for a podcast, but you might not have a podcast, but maybe it's for a raise. Maybe it's for a promotion. Maybe it's for a new job or maybe it's for dating. Like maybe it's someone you really want to go on a date with, you know, you got to follow up five or more times in order to get that yes often. And you got to have that persistence, which a lot of times people just quit after the first try. They're like, oh, they said no, or they didn't respond. So they don't even, you know, they don't even say anything. So I love that you said that. And then the other thing I love is um, the piece about leading with value. I know so often it's easy to, we think about our own agenda. We're all thinking about our own agenda, our own little worlds. And so people reach out to people needing something and they start their email or they start their DM or they start their whatever as like, Hey, I was wondering if you want to be on my show, you know, cause all they're thinking about is like their own show. Yeah. Um, I've had people reach out to me like that, like, Hey, will you be my mentor? And it's like, I saw Tom Bill, you talk about something like that. It's like, that's the most daunting thing to just reach out and be like, will you be my mentor? That sounds like on my end, on the receiving end, I'm like, Whoa, bro. Like you just yeah. are like asking me to marry you. And I just like, I don't even know you. Like you got to lead with value. You got to lead with, with giving and, and having a true connection. So I like that you listen to their podcast and like read their book. And then you reach out with this really thoughtful, thought provoking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like that's how you're able, whether you have the numbers, like when you were first getting started, when you didn't maybe have all the numbers or you didn't have all the, the accolades at that point, you were able to reach out and find true connection. And that's how you got people. Yeah. And people, the, the beauty of it too, is people send you people, right? Like you have a great conversation with somebody like, you're like, Hey, like, you know, cause I've, I've been doing this completely for free. You know, I, that was my intention. I wanted to give value without expectation. Mm. And you know, like you have enough of these conversations and people, you, you get on these high vibe conversations and people are like, I'm going to send you this person or, you know, at the end you go, Hey, do you mind connecting me with this person? Yeah, no problem. Boom. You're connected. Like it's that, right? Like once you get through the gatekeepers and you connect with one of them and then you, you start to get into the circle of them and that's how it works. 
we start having these conversations and you know, it's, it's crazy how that is, but I feel like if you leave the conversation, you leave that person, the general rule feeling better than they did before, right? They're going to want to help you out. And I don't ask them like, Hey, please share. I'm like, Hey, we're going to send you some content, you know, appreciate sharing, but you know, no, no pressure kind of thing. And if you could connect us with somebody, that'd be awesome. And, and you mm. know, most people are like, yeah, sure. Because you know, that's, we, we want to help the guests out as much as possible. And in turn, they're going to help you out. So it's, it's really interesting. And like, I get pitched all the time for people and immediately in the email, and this is really good for people is like, be, be really smart with your emails to people that you want to get on their shows. Like guys, I get pitched, Hey, I have this person. Can you come on the show? Can I come on the show? And I get pitched every day. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like there's not, any, <laughs> it's not that I'm not like, I, I read them, but I'm like, you know what? Like, don't send me a generic email. Yeah. Like, really, copy paste, like, copy paste, copy paste. There's, there's templates you can do, but like have a personal connection, like figure out a way, like have some sort of way that I look at and I'm like, oh, wow, you actually did, you actually did your homework. That's awesome. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, welcome, you know, like that's great. You got, then I want to look at your story. Then I want to be like, but if I get this, oh, blah, 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 how these accolades and, and like all this superficial stuff. And then I'm like, okay, like, what is, do you just send this to everybody? And it doesn't make me feel good. So I'm like, I don't want you on the show. Yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's the honest truth. And I mean, there probably aren't, I wouldn't think too many listeners right now who have their own podcast, but that's why I keep going back to like, it doesn't matter if you have your own podcast or not. This literally applies to anyone and anything you want in life. If you want something, you got to be smart about going after it. Like, A, you should go after it, but B, don't make it all about you. Don't be selfish about it. Don't just immediately be like, here's what I want. Here's what I need. This is why it would benefit me. Like focus on how it would provide value to the person that you're reaching out to or, um, how you can help them. And that's how you're going to get the things you want in life. And Tim Ferriss talks about in the four hour work week, how he taught a class, I think is at Stanford university. Um, and he would have students reach out to celebrities and he, he had like a different challenge. He had some sort of a challenge where um, the class would see who could get like in touch with them, like the craziest celebrity. And so they would have to research and find the email and like they would be able to find the email and then they would have to get the person, write them back. So you can't just write, you know, a celebrity and be like, yo, I think you're cool. How are you? You know, like they probably get a million emails like that. So you had to get really thought provoking with what question am I going to ask? What's the subject line going to be? How can I get them to open this email and actually respond? And so he found that these students in the Stanford class were actually able to get some crazy celebrities to write them back when they went about the emailing process properly and the follow-up system properly. And so you can get, it's so crazy. Like anyone listening, whatever you want in life, you can get it. If you're willing to put in the time and energy to find that email, to write a thought provoking message, follow up, put time and love and energy into it and don't make it all about you. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. This doesn't just apply for podcasting. Like this is a life lesson. And I think the general human contact is coming back as well. Like the real thoughtful things you can do for these people. Like you can write them letters. You can figure out like what they like, send them gifts. Like I guess with COVID it's maybe tricky to send them stuff, but I don't even know if that would even like, I mean, if I got a gift, I wouldn't even think twice. Like everybody's still getting packages. So right. I think sending, I think sending somebody something is really, is really nice. 
something that I've thought of, like some big names that I want, like I really want to like write them a letter and get them something special because that's the personal connection we're missing these days. And if you really want that, I think that's the way too, is like, think about like, yeah, like something that's not just surface level, like go out of your way. And, and I love that about Tim Ferriss. He's such a genius. And I, I want to actually read that part because I, I haven't read that book and I would, I would love to dive into that because that's, it's a science being able to figure out how to get through the gatekeepers and to be able to connect with these people. And that's like that for anything, not just podcasting, but just connecting with people mm. and figuring out how to do it properly and efficiently you know, coming from a, coming from a good place, not from a fear place, from a place of love. And, um, I just think a lot of people are just so it's all about numbers. It's just, just get people like, it's just, there's no thought going into it, you know? Mm. And same with sales. There's just a lot of people just don't do it properly. Right. And I just think it really, you, you really got to there, especially nowadays, with all the automation and all that kind of stuff, you really got to go back to the basic human skills of building wow. relationships. Yes. Right? So good. Yeah. I love that. And I know like probably a lot of people listening right now, they're probably like, okay, first of all, this Lance guy is so impressive. They're like, this guy must have like a super human genius. That's why he's able to do all these impressive things in his life. And, and they might be thinking like, this guy's fancier. He has something like that I didn't have growing up or whatever it is, right? But from our most recent conversation, from what I can tell, you actually come from pretty humble beginnings and, and you actually like struggled in school a bit too, right? Um, mm. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, like where you started and, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So in the cold, it was, I was a hockey player. Um, I grew up playing sports. My family didn't have a lot of money, but I got a lot of love. I had a big family that loved me a lot, a lot of fighting. So I was very, a lot of emotional trauma that I'm still dealing with today, but I had the love installed in me at a young age, which is why I can, I feel like where I'm at today is possible. So that's, I, I, I grew up playing hockey, me and my dad, my parents split up. I moved across the country when I was 11, which is where things started to really unravel for me as a teenager you know, 11 years old, early teen. We moved away across the country. My dad ended up marrying a woman with four kids, which was like just right out of the movies, like just right out of um, the stepmom from hell kind of thing. Mm. And, but now she was one of the greatest teachers and one of the best, because now, you know, the people that challenge you the most and cause the most problems are usually the biggest teachers. And, and that's what I've noticed in my life is I have to be grateful for that because it made me who I am, but she made our lives a living hell for my entire, pretty much my entire youth from, from, you know, 12 until my dad passed in 2017. So and then we lost my younger brother wow. during that. So yeah, so during that time, there was a lot of like dysfunctional stuff happening. And I was kind of like trying to make it in sports. You know, my dad didn't have a lot of money. He split up from her and it was just me and him. But like, she was just like, did everything possible to like bring him down, taking all his money. Like it was just a nightmare. Like it was wow. everything in the book. So I was just emotionally really torn in so many ways but I missed my family across the country which I really got to see and you know I was trying to play sports and I just really didn't know what was going on in my own head at the time so I was trying to play sport pro sports and I ended up ruining my career because I 
messed with some some steroids and it ended up messing up my whole hockey career which is like kind of where it all sort of unfolded and then from there I just went into a dark place I got hard into booze and drugs and partying and I was just lost because I was trying to process all this family stuff going on trying to process what life was like after being an athlete like when that's all I knew was trying to play pro sports and then that was taken from me from my own stupid mistakes so I just went through trying to figure out my new identity, like who I was, where I was going. And I got into the bar industry, which felt great because I could hang out in a toxic environment and sort of hide, right? I could, um, I could drink, you know, meet girls, party, make money. It was like, whoa, all these things are ticking all these boxes, right? And I just got addicted to it. You know, I, was, I, I loved it. And a lot of good things came out of it, but there was like some dark moments. So I worked in bars and nightclubs all through my 20s. Um, and then when I was 29, I moved to Australia. I sold everything, moved there for five years, wow. got into the more into the bars. I meant to get out of it, but I got in deeper, got into management. And that's where things got really challenging as well. So 2016, after I'd been living there for three and a half years, my younger brother took his own life while I was, my dad was visiting and sorry to get so deep, but I might as well just tell it. No, thank you. Thank you for going um, there. Um, Cause I think this is just helpful for where I wise to did, do what I do. My dad was visiting me that In happened. Australia. Yeah. When that happened. And again, this had a lot to do with the stepmom just really creating a lot of havoc in our lives. And we had lost grandma, two grandparents, uncles, just so much stress in our family. It's, it's hard for me to put into words what our family wow. went through. Um, so yeah, I gravitated towards the partying and the hiding in the booze because that's where I felt I could numb myself. Now I can look back. But so telling my dad that was really challenging. It was like, obviously one of the hardest things, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And from there going back and, you know, having to do the service and, you know, saying, doing the things, my dad's health the next year, he just, he just sort of like unraveled he he just he you could just see that he had lost his i don't know it was, he just changed and within that year he got cancer and within like i don't know two weeks we found out he was diagnosed he had something we went to the hospital they told him not to worry the doctors were telling him not to worry like two different doctors they didn't see it he was just in so much pain and then i got a call from my brother saying hey look dad's in dad's got two days to live pretty much and you got to get back here so i had to fly from sydney australia to victoria vancouver island to see and i got there my dad passed within like five hours so that was a lot so it was a big two years right and the one thing that i'm so grateful for is that during 2017 is i gave up alcohol for a year and my dad passed july 2017 so um so if I wasn't sober during that year, 2017, I don't know what would have happened, but I was really doing the personal development, meditating, like journaling, doing all the things that I'd heard about, you know, reading Tim Ferriss, Tools of the Titans, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. These are the books that really power of now. And these are the things that kind of got me into a different headspace. And then when my dad passed, I had the tools at least to get through it. So then I decided to sort of get into figuring out how can I, how can I make an impact in this world? And I first initially got into the network marketing, doing direct selling with like Anagic and Kangen Water and all that, as we talked about before. And 
but I've wanted something else to like show who I really am because there's so many people online pushing things. And I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't me. I want to create something where people can learn about me. And if they want to do business with me, great. They can, because they, this is like the real me and they can find out about me. So starting a podcast, I had this word adversity. I was like, you know, I've gone through a lot of adversity. I was like, I got to start a podcast. It was like a calling. It was like, I have to do this. I don't care what anybody says. I'm, I'm so laser focused with this. I'm doing it. I don't care what anybody says. And I didn't even want to listen to other podcasts other than the ones like Joe Rogan and a couple others that I was like, I don't want to get distracted. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to have any influence other than the ones that I destined to beat the ones that like Tom Billio, impact theory, Brian Rose, Lennon real. And yeah, so that's how it started. And I didn't, you know, and there was, there was a lot there. So got into the podcasting world and then, you know, that's, that's kind of how things have, have, have went. And I hope that answered your, your question. I know I kind of went in deep there, but that's, that's really how the whole thing panned out and why I do what I do today. So wow. and here we are. Thank yeah. you so much for your vulnerability. That's huge. So huge. And um, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, even if they haven't been through everything that you've been through, they probably can relate on, you know, to losing someone close to them. Um, you know, suicide. I think a lot of, a lot of us know someone or had someone close to us at some point take their life and just the devastation of that. Um, divorce. I mean, so many of those things are things that, I mean, it's like, it's real, it's real pain and, and people, you know, they know what, what you're feeling to an extent. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting that you mentioned like about your stepmom was how she ended up being someone who taught you a lot. Can you, can you press into that a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's really hard for part of my, you know, for part of me to even say that because I still have so much animosity towards her because of the pain that she caused my family. But at the same time, I realized that that forced me to really grow and forced me to, to, there's just been, she was, it was just such a teacher for me to be in building resilience. <laughs> mm. Like I have to say it like that because I don't want to be a victim. Being a victim is not the way to go. Like I could say, all these things happened to me. Oh, poor me. But it's like somebody's got it way worse than me. Like, let's be honest here. There's people that have it way worse. And I'm just grateful that I'm here and alive. I probably shouldn't. If you saw what I did to my body over the years, I probably shouldn't be here. And I'm grateful that I'm here. And now I got to look at, okay, where am I at? Do I love this woman and celebrate her? No, I'm getting to the point where maybe one day, but like I'm trying to forgive and I'm trying to understand that that pain was essential to like getting me where I am today. And if you were to ask me this even a year ago, I would have said, I, I hate this woman so much. And I still like, I'm still dancing with this, right? Right. Like my dad probably like, why are you saying that about her? She's a horrible woman. But I'm trying to yeah. lead with, with from a place of love. And because that stuff just doesn't serve us. And I just got to look at it like it's over now. It's in the past. What did I learn? I, I learned a lot. I went through some hard moments and, and um, I know what not to be like. And, but it did, it, it did make me scared, I'll be honest, to like what would happen if I got married and got divorced and like 
the child support, like the stuff I saw within like the court system and all that crap. Like it scares me to even think about getting married sometime, but I'm going to be honest. Like that's always been in the back of my mind. Like what if I get screwed over or something, you know, like those are the things that still sit in my, in my subconscious. And, um, because I saw my dad, even though we're completely different people, I saw what he, what he went through and, you know, some of it was his own fault. (laughs) Um, but it, it's there's there's a lot there and just talking about it makes me feel better and there's still healing and unpacking i need to do with it but those those people those ones that we feel the most sometimes the most hatred for or something are the ones that we need to like really give more have more compassion for and saying that just blows mm. my mind right now because wow. i'm like what are you saying huge. but <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm um I'm, I'm really trying to be from that place and and just really look at it as a gift. Like look at it as this, this is where we are and I'm grateful for where I'm at now. And if I didn't go through that stuff, I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So, right. Right. So that's, that's kind of the unpacking of that. Um, and I, I'll probably journal on that more later, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, thank you for going there on this podcast. That's huge. And um, yeah, I think it's like so many, I know that so many people can relate right now. It's, I can't even imagine how probably almost every person listening has like a person that they're thinking of right now that they just feel, whether it feels like hatred or maybe even just resistance towards, like they just, there's like this agitation towards a person. That's probably the person that that there's a lesson in. And I know um, like one of my clients, she um, has a sister that is an alcoholic and has been an alcoholic for so many years that it's like really impacted her entire family and their entire life. And you know, she's working on getting to a place kind of like you where she's able to think differently about it. Cause it's when you're angry and when you're hurt and when there's pain, it's so, so challenging to find the beauty in it. It's so challenging to find the lesson in it. Like kind of like what you're saying, you're dancing with that right now of like anger and pain and animosity. And I'm thankful. And I know this happened for a reason and I forgive you even though I don't want you in my life, but like, I still forgive you. And we all have that dance with, with usually a person in our life. Um, and it does make us stronger. Like one guy I had on my podcast at the very beginning talks about how he was actually, uh, sexually abused at a young age and how he was able to find forgiveness for that person and, and how that propelled him into his purpose. Um, and I think of like a guy that I dated that broke my heart at one point, and now I can look back and find so much gratitude for him. And it took years to get there, but I'm like, thank you for breaking my heart. Yeah. And thank you for being a, you know, a total jerk because you did that and it propelled me into my, my purpose. Um, so our pain truly does propel us into our purpose, but it takes time. And like the forgiveness piece is still, I mean, it's, it's so challenging, especially when it's on your, the level you're, you're talking about, like so challenging. Yeah, the forgiving is the healing, right? And a lot of times it's a piece, we got to forgive ourselves too, before we can forgive others. There's always a piece of us that has some sort of shame or guilt or trauma or something associated with it. And I feel the better that we get at giving ourselves love, that self-love and that healing for ourselves, that will allow us to see that in other people. Because if we're broken and we're our, ourselves, and we have these voids that we're trying to fill, then we're not going to be able to see the good or that in others until we find it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why it's so important that you, you know, you got to figure out like what are these things that are 
that are, we all have problems. We all have trauma. We all have issues. It's like, we got to figure out like, how do we, how do we get to the bottom of that? Right. And I find the more I do that with myself, the more I can do that to others. But wow. Like I, I still feel like sometimes I, I have things figured out and then, you know, I'll just lose my mind on my, my mom or my brother. We got a huge fight yesterday and I'm like, wow, I really don't have anything figured out yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here I think I'm like, and then I'm like, wow, like it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> here I thought I had it all together. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I, I really got work to do still. <laughs> hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose. And then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. And you have such a humble spirit and such a, like a lifelong learner perspective. And it's so beautiful because I think what can help, what can, um, what can really hurt people, especially as they move into leadership and as they become bigger within, sometimes it's like a pastor at at a big church. Sometimes it's like a big leader within, um, you know, just society, right? Like a thought, a thought leader, but they think that they're so awesome as they get higher and higher and higher. They think they're kind of above challenges or above making mistakes and that's where you can get caught into some like really nasty stuff because they don't maintain that humility all along the way so i really Mm. think that the mentality you have is really going to serve you lance because like you are such a powerful man and you really are so impactful and you are you know your name is going to be like a household name here you know in in the next few years and as that happens you're going to continue this humility of like, I thought I had things figured out. I don't have things figured out, you know, and that is what's going to set you apart from so many other people that you come into contact with. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. I think that's the humbleness about being human. It's like, as the more we learn, the more we realize that there's so much more to learn and we really don't know anything. And we, and we think these people that we idolize know things and like, they're just scared little kids inside too. Like they're just better at, at hiding it or better at just composing themselves. But we're all human. We're all going through this. Some have just had more training in the human body and experience and are persistent and resilient with it, right? But this is why as well, like if you get anyone listening gets a podcast and get the chance to interview these people and you'll see this, 
Like the more that you, it, you're like, wow, this person, people ask me, what's the, what's the biggest thing you've learned? And I'm like, you know what? We're all so similar. I don't care if you're Grant Cardone. I don't care if you're like a pro, I've, pro athletes that have won championships. When you break down the accolades of what they're doing, they're just humans. We're all humans. And it's like, there, that is such a great feeling because who cares about that other stuff? We're all on this journey together. And you just realize that as you go on, and when you can understand that, you take yourself less seriously. You know, like mm. it's, it's funny because people try and act like they have it all figured out. And it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. I think that's kind of the, the game of life is just sort of living life in a, coming from a place of love in a playful way where you're always a student because you can learn from people. And I think the more you can learn and take that from the people and the relationships around you, like the better off you'll be, right? So um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's nothing worse than being around people who are like, feel like they're like a know-it-all, you know, they know everything. They're like, Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Like nothing you can say is ever new to them. And like everything they're telling you is brand new for you, you know? And you're like, this really feels like you think you know everything and you really don't. <laughs> so we all just need to come at life believing like we're all figuring it out. We all have things to learn. I wrote this in my journal today, actually like being open. Like I just want to be open because I can tend to even be that person sometimes, unfortunately, like my personality style can sometimes, I think it's like an, it's an ego thing, right? It's like me thinking, oh, well, if I'm going to call myself a leader, if I'm going to have this confidence company where I teach people to build confidence, I got to be perfect, right? That's the lie. The lie is that in order to be a leader, you have to be perfect. And so if you're trying to be a leader, you feel the need to cover up any of your imperfections because you don't want people to see that messy side of you. Um, and it feels backwards to show your mess, to show your wounds, like talking about the awkward stuff that you're not proud of about yourself. Um, and so that's something I've really been working on is like, okay, how can I be more open? How can I be more vulnerable? How can I show my mess on, on social media or with my family and friends? Like, how can I be the most open person possible and show that I lead from a place of openness and like never being above learning new things or, or learning like my mistakes, like realizing my imperfections. Mm, yeah. The humbleness of it. It's, but people, yeah, like you said, like people admire that, right. People admire like that, the human, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and especially in a really superficial world that we live in, on social media where a lot of people just just aren't they're not showing their real lives like they're like it's a real it's, it's a real fake world and i mean that's just the way it is right so the more authentic you can be and the more you can share your truth the better and it's hard sometimes for me because like i'm like oh i know i got to post on social media you know and that's why i purposely had like a podcast account and a regular account because i'm like i don't want to have my whole life just a podcast either like yeah. i want to have you know like Cause that was when my initial Instagram was all podcasts and I was like, it's just, I'm, I'm more than just that too. So it's like, but I, I don't want to post just to post either. So it's, it's weird. There's these days, like the, the, the coming from an authentic place and really like showing up consistently is so important. But at the same time, there's days where you don't want to show up and I'm like, uh, I know I need to, but it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's challenging sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's good for people who are listening right now to hear. Um, 
because I think a lot of people are consumers on social media, right? They're just consuming. So you're a consumer. If, if you're listening right now, you're a consumer. If you primarily watch other people's stories and you primarily like and comment on other people's stuff, but you're never, or barely, maybe like once a month, you put something out there for people to consume, right? You're not really actively producing or creating. Mm, and yeah. I think sometimes consumers can be really hard on the producers, right? Like, oh my gosh, she said this or her picture was this or like they're being hard on on everyone else. But it's like being putting yourself out there like an Instagram post or a social media post, it does take time and it does take work and it does take energy. So there's no reason to judge that. And the other thing I wanted to say while you were talking about like um, athletes and Grant Cardone, like everyone is like the same human because probably a lot of people listening right now are women. The thing to, to note is like the Instagram models or the Instagram influencers that you're following, it's the same thing. Like everyone is a human. And I think that's actually so empowering to realize that we're all the same at the, at the bottom layer, we're all the same. And, and it's like, okay, well that means if she did something, like if she built a brand or if she did X, Y, and Z, that means you can go do X, Y, and Z too. You know, I've mm -hmm. met so many people who are like, I wish I could build a brand on social media, or I wish I could have, you know, brands that work with me so much so that, you know, I'm getting paid for it and making money from it and all this stuff. It's like, well, you can, like you can do whatever you want. And so paying attention to those things that you want, what do you, what do you want? It's okay to want that because if she can do it, or if he can do it, these high level people can do it. So can you, cause you're, we're all the same. We're all the same at the core. Yeah. And it just takes consistent work. Like it's a lot of work. Like there's this one girl that, um, a trainer at my gym, she doesn't have that many followers, but man, her engagement is like insane. And she's always promoting different things. And it's like, wow. Like she just shows up all the time. She's always, and I'm just like, wow. And that's what you got to do if you want to do that as your, and for me, I'm like, oh, I just, <laughs> I don't have the, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, it's just so much work. And like, do I want to, especially after doing in interviews and, and interviewing people, I'm like, wow, like to even think about that, but I, it is possible, but you got to be real. You got to go, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to show up all the time consistently because people need to see you and they need to trust you. They build a trust with you, right? Yeah. And, and, and but I, but I will say on the flip side, like I'm really yeah. big on social media fasts and I really encourage, like I watched The Social Dilemma. Oh. I actually reached out to Tristan, the main guy from Social Dilemma yesterday. He's my, the next person I want to have on this podcast. So Tristan, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, get, let's get him on mine too. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I really want him to talk about like what action steps he wants people to take because it is like the social dilemma. If anyone has watched that, I've already talked about it like every podcast in the last like couple months because I'm so passionate about that documentary. Um, finding some sort of balance between getting off of our phones and getting off of social media. And I do think there's a way to do both. Like, I think you can be a thought leader and showing up for audiences and giving them motivating stuff or whatever, whatever it is. And you got to take time for yourself. You got to get off your screen. You got to, you got to do you, you got to, uh, find boundaries from social media. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's not a great place to spend all your time. It's, it's, it's life sucking. So it's a both and. So like for you, if you're not feeling it yeah. for a day, it's okay. Like, people, yeah. they'll, they'll survive their day without you. And that's how I feel when I do my fast for like, I'll get off social media for 24 or 48 hours every week. And I always tell people about it after I'm like, Hey, 
just got off my Instagram fast. I'm feeling so clear, feeling so good. 48 hours with no social media use. And I feel like a new woman. And I want to empower other people to do the same thing, whether you're a, an influencer or whether you're just like a person who likes to consume, no matter what, take time mm. off. You know, you could still do it. Totally. I was in Sedona for a week and it was the best thing ever. I looked at my phone maybe like a, a, a 20 minutes a day. It wow. literally made me feel different. Like looking at my phone, coming back, like seeing how my, how long I spend on my phone. And in my mind, I'm always like, oh, I'm working. I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. It actually makes me feel depressed. It, yeah. it brings on, when I was away and I was like in nature in Sedona and like really feeling nature and being out there and, and just like being a human the way a human should be, I was, I didn't feel the need to even look at it. And I felt so complete. And when I get on my phone, it's like I started to feel less than or something like immediately the comparison game. Oh, well, I haven't done this. And this guy's this doing this and oh, I should be like this. And, and it's like, wow, it's amazing how critical we get on ourselves because of what we're looking at. And it's not even real. It's a screen. It's right. not real. How do we, <laughs> even, it's not, it's not, it's just a screen that we're seeing things. Like it's not re reality yet. We're so consumed in this screen and this world that it's like, wait a minute, like what is going on here? And when you take yourself out and you go into nature, you're like, this is real. What's in front of me is real. Like, mm. I know that may sound crazy to people, but actually think about it. Like we sit on these devices and we do everything on them. It's like, it's crazy. We order food on them. We talk on them. We use them as cameras. We use them as like entertainment devices, watch movies. It's insane. Alarm clock. Yeah. Alarm everything. clock. Right. Like I've looked at my phone. There's days where I'm like, I've been on there for 12 hours. Yeah. Ashamed. And then that gives me shame. Cause I'm like, why are you on your phone so much? What are you doing? And it's mm. like, yeah. So I totally agree. I think everybody needs to be intentional with like con like really be more of a producer than a consumer consuming too much isn't a good thing. I think it's 80, 20 is a good rule for like produce mm. 80 consume. And it's like, you can produce and then just put your phone away. Yeah. Like, you don't have to like, who cares? Like there's people that don't even follow anybody. There's times where I'm like, sorry guys, I'm going to unfollow all of you. I'm just going to do my thing. And like, you can follow me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see you guys. <laughs> like, I don't want you to mess with my thing. And I think that detox and, and having that really, and, and really having a practice of writing and, or like, you know, creativeness, art, mm -hmm. podcasting. Yes. That is important at being, at being better at what it is you want to do on your phone anyway. So yeah. Mm, so good. Yeah. I think I could talk about phone boundaries for like 10 hours straight. Cause I'm so passionate about it. Like everyone listening already knows this. Like right now, everyone who's listening, like, <laughs> like here Janelle goes again, like talking about social media boundaries and don't look at your screen for the first hour of every day. And, you know, go on a walk for 15 minutes a day without your phone. So you can think about your life. And I just am like constantly harping it and I'll probably continue to harp it till the day yeah. I die slash Tristan, come on my podcast and tell people because you're like the social dilemma guru. Okay. All right. Awesome. We're going to shift a little bit here um, into a question that I had asked you and I really loved how you answered it. So the, the question I'd asked about was what is the problem that most breaks your heart? And it's often said that the problem that most breaks your heart is the one that you should fight to solve and how you answered it. I, I loved, you said people not understanding that the change you seek in the world starts within ourselves. We have to be the example of the change we want to see. So can you give me an example of this in your life? And like, how did this come to be the thing that breaks your heart? 
So there's a lot of people that, including myself, are always looking to point the finger at others and unwilling to point the finger at themselves. And I've just come to realize that, you know, it's a quote from Gandhi, the change that we wish to see in the world, or what is it? The, the, be the change you wish be to see change. in the yeah. world. And that was really a quote that stuck with me when I got into this personal development journey, personal transformation journey. I really enjoyed that because it really made sense to me. And we can only control what we do, right? So we can't control what other people do. We can only control the things that we do every day intentionally and the relationships that we have, the conversations we have, the things that we put in our body, the things that we do. That's what we can control. And I believe that if we really do our best to set ourselves up for the day, to be in a right headspace, have a, you know, if you're religious or spiritual practice, connect to that, have some sort of real like intention with what you're doing, your conversations, because everything that you do has a ripple, right? And if you don't prepare yourself, if you don't connect with yourself or in, in certain ways, then you're going to give off that energy to people. And if you're negative all the time, you're going to give that, that's going to rub off on you, right? You're going to leave. Like if I'm negative to you, you're going to feel negative. And you're going to have a negative conversation and then it just goes on. So I really think the ownership of it, stop worrying about the media, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and focus on yourself. Cause usually the people that are pointing the finger aren't even doing things themselves. Mm. I've been there, including sometimes I'm like to, why isn't even on my team? Like, why isn't this getting done? And I'm like, wait, have you, what have you done today? Mm. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Usually if we know that we're doing our best, we'll be the last person to point the finger at somebody. Wow. Right. Like if we really know, if you've had a great day, you've done all the things you're like, just full, you're like, why would you point the finger at anybody? You're just like, I've done my best. You know, like that's, that's the best I can do. And I really got this from Aubrey Marcus, one of my mentors. He's, you know, if you know that you're not doing your best, that usually creates some sort of anxiety. Hmm. I'm not meaning like, like hustle, hustle, hustle at times. It's just like really in your heart, we know when we've done our best. We know when we've wasted time when we shouldn't have, and that's okay. But the ownership of that, and when we know that we've done what we can, it feels better. And I guess I just see a lot of this happening, a lot of people playing victim, a lot of people pointing the finger with what's going on in the world. It's not ideal, the situation, but I believe if everybody took ownership for their own lives and their own actions, we would be in a better place. And mm. that's really what it comes down to. So I really, the invitation to everybody is like, really ask yourself, you know, are you being the change you want to see? The mm. stuff that you talk about and promote, are you embodying that? Because if you're not, then what are you doing? Right. So I've been really trying to, 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 to sit with that and look at myself, like, do would I inspire me? Hmm. Is, is, am I the person that would have, that what I do, am I the person that would have like gravitated towards what I'm doing? And I try to be that person, right? Just like Joe Rogan says, be the hero of your own movie. Yeah. Like try and be the hero of your own movie. And that just comes from really being the best that you can. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I mean by that. And I really think it's important for everybody to, to think about that. Yeah, totally. So how do you feel like your 
podcast and what you're doing with your career is solving that problem. Well, I've followed my heart and I, I've, I've been this one thing that in my life that I have done rather than, even though I've done some stupid things, I've always gone with, I've always answered the call. You know, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell talks about answering the call, you know, and I, when I moved to Australia, I answered the call. I knew I had to be there. The actions I took during there maybe weren't the best, but I've always listened to my heart. And now I feel like the podcast came from my heart. It wasn't from my ego. Of course, there's egotistical things that happen while you're growing. You're like, you think you're better than you are because you get good guests. And this is the ego check that we all have to have. It's like, well, no, I'm not better than anybody, right? Um, but I feel like trying, not trying, I'm showing up language, right? Language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good catch. I saw um, that. That was um, good. Embodying what we do from our, our heart, our soul. And that's really what, I, what I'm doing. Is like my purpose is to do things that make a change and move the needle in the right direction. And if that changes, that's okay. But that's where I've tried to operate from with what I'm doing and my company and different, you know, different investments and companies that I believe in that are making the world a better place. You know, like that's, that's what I'm trying to be at is that the person that is doing things from a place of, from my heart and, following that that journey and listening to the intuition and and you know just trusting letting go trusting the process mm, and i believe yeah. that what i'm what, what's happening right now is but there's days where i'm like is anybody care does anybody mm. care right? yeah like, why am i doing this like right. what, what is the point of this and i think that's normal but that's the test so mm. wow that's good so if someone's listening right now and say they aren't super happy with what they're doing with their career right now it doesn't feel quite right what would you say that they should do like what would what would following your heart look like or i don't know where where would you point them i would first of all take inventory of of your life like i would i would just really get clear get quiet sit with yourself write down the things journaling like write down the things that you want to do like if you now this was something that i heard when i was doing started this it's like write out your perfect day right i mean write it out who cares if it's cheesy i thought this stuff was the cheesiest bs ever <laughs> and it's the people that resist that or the ones that don't make change it's like look at the people that are telling you this stuff how successful are they okay great well maybe do more of what they're doing and less of like the people that that aren't right? The, yeah, the cynical people. <laughs> it's like, really, I think it starts with your imagination. Like, what do you actually want to do? If money wasn't an issue, I know people are like, money is an issue, blah, blah. Okay. Just get creative for a second. Get your ego aside and just get really clear on paper. Like, what do you want to do? What do you enjoy doing? And just go from there. And sometimes when you journal, even like, you know, just brain dumping on pieces of paper, you know, have a prompt, like what would my perfect day like and get super clear and things will flow. But a lot of times people have resistance like, oh, I want that, but I can't do that. It's like, don't worry about the how, just, right. right? And that's how you start progression, getting still connecting, you know, to God, to whatever it is you believe, right? To really get still, you know, journal, meditation, whatever it is, but get quiet because that's when the quietness is when the things start to come in. 
And that really helped me at getting, at, at figuring out like the path. And that's when you start to get that intuition is when things are quiet is when you start to brain dump on paper and no, you don't have to go and quit your job right away and go do that. But the little steps every day at figuring out, okay, here's the thing I've decided. What do I need to do to get there? And just start chipping off little pieces every day. I mean, you don't, and, and it all starts with, you know, how you get up and, and how you program yourself, right? Morning routine's important. Figure out how to get yourself to the highest level. Like those days where you're just vibing, like you're just on top of it. Figure out what you did that day and do that. Yeah. Do more of that. Like if it means drink more water, do that. If it means go to bed, don't eat before bed, try it out. Try, figure out like when, when did I feel at my best? Do more of that, right? And, and who are the people that I've spent time around that made me feel my best too? Totally, totally, exactly. Like really pay attention to your relationships and pay attention to the people that encourage you and challenge you, but not in a negative way. Like there's too many people that project their insecurities and fears on you because they know that they're not living their life to their truth. They're living someone else's life. And if you're not in truth, people that are out of truth will see you as almost like a threat. And they'll be, they'll be like, because it's just a projection of their own lack of onto you. And I, I really believe like those are, that's the, where you really need to pay attention. And I'm glad you brought that up with relationships because that's all life is, is relationships. Can't do anything by yourself. Right. It's like, like every conversation like builds on something and ripples. So yeah, I would really encourage you, anyone listening, like really just get quiet, just write out, get your mind, start imagining, you know, like that's the, how it starts. If you can imagine it, you can create it. And that's not, woo woo stuff that's like i I really believe it and to a degree obviously if you're gonna you know go to mars well maybe challenging but like you could probably do it (laughs) never know we're going to move we're going to the moon in 2024 so yeah so it's yeah i i really i really think that's where you start and 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 just get quiet and write it all out yeah totally i love that and you know the thing i'll piggyback on it is after you create the perfect day or your ideal day um, which is, yeah, one of my favorite, favorite things to talk about. I can certainly upload like a series of questions for anyone who's listening. You can reach out to Lance or I, we have like questions that can be asked that you'll just fill in for your ideal day. But, um, a lot of times we don't know every step how to get there. Right. Cause it sounds so crazy. And for me, like, I remember when I first was doing it, it was like, I live in a beautiful home on the beach overlooking the waves and, you know, like when I first started to think that I lived in Colorado, <laughs> didn't even live by the water. Right. And so there are all these steps, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm with my, my best friend, my husband, like we wake up next to each other. I was single at that time or fresh out of my heartbreak. And, and so it's like all these things that like were basically unfathomable. And I had no idea how to have that all happen, but it was because I allowed myself to even dream about it. And I didn't know every step. I didn't know every step at all. I was like, you sound like a crazy person. Like you are, there's basically no way you could actually have all that stuff, but like, I would really like all that stuff, you know, and, um, not just stuff, meaning like, you know, physical things that stuff like the emotions and what your day feels like and your, the time freedom and the financial freedom and all that. Um, but it's been cool. Like the journey of like these last, like really it's been like three and a half, four years for me. So it kind of sounds like similar timing to, to some of your 
transformation shifts. Um, and it's crazy how things really do start to shift. Like, I mean, I, I'm a Christian, but I also believe in like manifestation or law of attraction or, or something like, I know God, I believe God answers prayers, but then there's like this other piece, like there's so much to it. Um, and often people are praying way too safe of prayers or they're taking way too safe of thoughts and they're not willing to think these, this crazy thing. Right. And so many people tell you you can't, like, I remember when I was quitting my job in Colorado to go to California, so many people projected their fears on me. Like they were like, you'll be back. You will be back Janelle because you know, there's horrible traffic in California and the people there are super rude. You probably won't really make very many friendships there because everyone's so stuck up and, um, you know, you're actually going to miss the weather. You're going to miss the snow because, you know, it's the same weather all year round in San Diego. It's horrible, you know, seventies all year. Who would want that? Right. (laughs) 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 And like all this stuff, like I literally remember word for word, everything people would tell me as I was quitting my job to move here. And they're like, Oh, you don't have a job. Like, how are you going to find a job? And people just projected on me. And luckily I'm like, I'm a challenger. I'm the Enneagram eight. So I just, I'm like, Oh yeah. And I like, thanks for the challenge. I will prove you wrong. But, um, you know, hopefully everyone can get, get a little bit of that. Right. And be like, okay, thank you for your kind words. I know you mean well, and I'm going to go give it a try. The worst thing that happens is I, uh, come home. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing to always think about no matter what your risk is, like whoever's listening, if your next risk is maybe breaking things off with a significant other that things aren't working out with, like, maybe that's your big risk. Well, if it's meant to be, you can always get back together with that person. Maybe it's asking for a raise and you're super afraid of this conversation with your boss where you're going to ask for a raise. Well, the worst thing that would happen is, I guess the very worst is you could get fired for asking for a raise, but I doubt that would happen. Likely the worst thing that would happen is you get no, and then you would still have the same wage you currently make, right? Or even for like, if you were to want to quit your job and start a business, you know, in the right the right manner. You know, I don't always say you should do it if you have zero dollars in your bank account because it's nice to have a little bit of financial uh, security, but it's like the worst thing that could happen is you probably could go get a job again. Like you could probably go back to your comfort zone. So take a leap of faith, get out of your comfort zone. And if you want to go back to your comfort zone, it'll probably be waiting there for you. Yeah, totally. And a lot of it too, um, it's mindset too, like scarcity versus abundance that you you talked about a little bit. And I think there's, there's good books on that too. I think, I think if anybody wants to change, like you gotta, you gotta do some reading. There is a really good, obviously think and grow rich was a great book, but it's very masculine focused. So, it is. Um, uh, the book that I found to be that your listeners, that is probably more women, right? Like I think it's a more well-rounded version of the thing, but even more in depth is happy pocket full of money. Hmm. I highly recommend this book will change your life. It explains all the things of Think and Grow Rich in a better way. It's like amazing on audio. And if you want to change, and it, yeah, like it's, it goes down to like, like explaining like even to the quantum physics level. Like it's, it's fascinating at like energy and why these things work. Wow. Like to, like, yeah. And it's, so it's really interesting. And that helped me. And I know a lot of people that just came to me. So it's like that sometimes that, that abundance mindset shift is huge. Right. And I think, that is one of the key factors why a lot of people fail is because they're living in the lack of, and it's not our fault. It's like, that's how we're raised. That's how most right. our society is. So I think being aware of that 
is is important and there's some good tools for that as well like and that book is definitely definitely one of them that's cool i actually have never even heard of that book so i'm excited to check it out i'll link it below i've read think and grow rich like i've started it and stopped it like 10 times but yeah it's so masculine and so old it's like really hard because like every I guess it's a little bit like the Bible, but it talks a lot about men, like the man, yeah. as the man thinketh, the man, this, the man, that, yeah. and I keep being like, the woman, the yeah. woman, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I, I know that, and I can totally feel that in it too. It's very like old school masculine and it's just, it doesn't, there's better, I think there's a better way. Yeah, you know? like totally. Think, especially in our new, the way people think, the way people talk, it's just, it doesn't, I don't know. It's a little more challenging to to uh, digest for sure, yeah. I think. But it's still it's still Think and Grow Rich, still a good book. But oh, yeah. if you're a woman, it's a little tougher. So that's cool. So that what's that one called again? The Pocket Happy Pocket Full Happy. of Money Happy by Vishkan Lakande, and you can get it on audio. Cool. And it'll explain everything. It'll like explain like um, it's it's amazing, and it's such an underrated book. Like it it blows my mind that it's not like the most popular book at this at teaching this stuff huh you know it's funny how that is it's funny how 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 some i guess it's it's marketing too right right some, sometimes these books just end up making it through and end up being i mean there's so many good books out there but it's that so one true. really stuck out for me especially people in people that really had to switch the way they think because when I started out getting into like direct sales and network marketing, it's like, you really need to switch your mindset or you will not survive. Right. Like you need to be <laughs> like, you got to, you got to really go within and figure it out. <laughs> yes. So do what you need to do because if you got to eat, you got to figure out how to be abundant. You got to, there, there's ways. And I think the right delivery of the right message can help you do that. And I think yeah. that's super important. It's so cool. So cool. Okay, Lance. So if you could urge every listener right now to walk away from this podcast and take action on one specific step, what would it be? Mm, live in your truth. Follow, follow what you, your instincts, follow your, I don't want to say follow your passion. I feel like, yeah, I do that. I just say like, I feel like that word gets used too much and people just don't listen to it as much, but like, you know, lead with your heart, like really your intuition, the call that you get, that feeling, react to that. Do that. Even if it means write it down before your ego tries to talk you out of it. Really, like if you get an idea and it feels right, act on it now. Write it down, figure it out. Okay. And then it's amazing. 10 seconds later, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I don't know. There's no way I can do that. Oh. And then we don't do these things. <laughs> I, I really believe follow your intuition, follow your, live in your truth, whatever that, that nudge is, that's the real you. Mm. That's like the call. And the ignoring of it creates a lot of like anxiety and depression. I feel like, because yeah. we know that we're ignoring this. Yeah. There, that can show up in so many ways, but until we get quiet, until we learn the difference um, between, you know, what's being, you know, information and to decipher, decipher what that is, um, that, that comes from being quiet. So, get, you know, really listen to that. And I know that may sound easier to others that haven't done these practices before, but um, that's the advice I would say is really listen to your intuition. Yeah. And act Come on, on it. Let's you only go. got one life. Act on it. And that's it. And it doesn't have to be anything so crazy. Just like 
be curious. Start being curious about what you actually feel like you want to do. And yeah. So good. So good. Okay, Lance, we are ending right now with a power hour of rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Rapid fire. This is a new thing to the Next Level Comedy Podcast. It's so much fun. So this just answer. So <laughs> You're going to love it. I'm loving this so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we could be here literally all day. It was the same on yeah. your podcast. It's great. Okay. So just give the first answer that you think of that comes to your mind. Okay. One best advice you've ever received. Be in your truth. Live in your truth. Love it. Your favorite beverage. Uh, right now I would say Z like Zevia's. What <laughs> Those is Zevia, that? They're like Stevia soft drinks. They're freaking amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I love Kangen those right water, now. Kangen water, Zevia's. Well, Kangen Kang water. Amazing. I know, I know. It's like complete... I'm just joking. Yeah, just no, joking. Like I know you like to keep your body alkaline. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, but like, it's like, I love these things sometimes, you know? I know. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. I didn't mean to make you feel bad about your favorite beverage. You keep <laughs> drinking your favorite beverage, Lance. <laughs> okay, cool. I have a blank at my desk at all times. Coffee. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> More acid. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking, just joking. Acidity, acidity. Acidity on acidity. And then I drink my king and water. And I get alkaline. It's so good. Um, the next one is a strange or bad habit that most people don't know that you have. Uh, late, late night eating. Mm. I don't know if that's like that crazy, but like that's, that's like a time. I can fast all day, but there's like something about in the evening that I just... Yeah, it's it it's 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 not great. It's not a great habit because I know better. Yeah, and eating before bed, even, like it's one of those things that I, I I'm aware of, but I know it's no good. So that's definitely one of them. Yeah, thanks for going there. I'm I'm trying to talk about more like awkward and uncomfortable topics, like on social media and on my podcast. So that's why I actually threw that question in because I was sharing on my uh, Instagram recently about how I have a very strange habit of popping pimples, like way too much. So I actually literally hired a coach to help hold me accountable. I call her my skin coach. Um, and we have weekly meetings to make sure I didn't pop any pimples and I have to pay her a hundred dollars for any pimple I were to pop. Cause I like to pop pimples that much. It's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I just feel like we got to talk about our weird things and, and let people into the, into the weirdness, into the mess. You got great skin, by the way. Thank you, Lance. That is a huge compliment that I 100% receive. And Perfect. will hold near and dear to my heart for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> okay. Um, book or podcast that you're reading or listening to right now? Um, I'm reading two books right now. One is called King Warrior Magician Lover. It's about the male psyche and the archetypes in the male psyche. And another one is called um, The Superior, The Way of the Superior Man. And again, it's about healthy masculinity. Mm. And a lot of a lot of men. I know this probably doesn't pertain to your audience, but well, some women they probably like have boyfriends and, and husbands yeah, well, and I mean, stuff to pass all, dads. A lot of us are raised in in you know very toxic masculine environments, and I've just I've been interested in learning the archetypes of why we do the things we do. And when you learn the things you do, 
you have less, you, you have more compassion for why you act a certain way. So that's, those are what I'm reading and podcast, Joe Rogan, always, always somebody I watch on YouTube. I enjoy podcasts on YouTube. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Favorite personality test, if any. Favorite personality test. Oh, I don't know. I've never done it. Well, I've done it, but I don't know. Okay. You don't have more specific. Well, I don't know. Like uh, there's the Enneagram, there's there's my, yeah. Love languages. Yeah. Do you like that one? I, I, I did that one actually. Samantha sent me that one. Oh, cool. Okay. So what are your love languages? I I think I was the, the touch. Yeah. The touch. Like, yeah. I'm a, big, touch. I'm a big physical touch person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like a, they say like every guy's physical touch and words of affirmation. And I was I was laughing when I heard that because those are mine. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm a guy. It's fine. Yeah, words of affirmation don't really, I don't really, like, I don't know. I feel like actions give me more than the words. But yeah, mm. I, 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 I've been thinking about that too. I think, um, but yeah, physical touch is definitely huge for me. If You're number somebody one, doesn't, yeah. I enjoy cuddling. I know I'm like, it's cheesy, but I, I love it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm always like, Frankie, you haven't touched me enough today. Get over here. Touch me. He's like, okay. I'm like, you know, I need the physical touch. <laughs> he needs the words of affirmation. So we, we give each other what, what we need, which is cool. Okay. Um, my second to last question is, will you ever move from where you currently live what an amazing question and the answer is yes cool and where do you i don't you i live don't in know. canada I, I live in vancouver, vancouver and i just can't see myself just staying here there's got to be something more to the journey and there mm. is i just don't exactly know where yet cool love yeah. it cool okay last question best moment as a businessman Probably getting the first sale and seeing somebody after you're putting things together and seeing a vision and then it coming together and then somebody like trusting you to, to like be like, yeah, I trust you. Here you go. And, and I, I like what you're doing. And that feels really good because, you know, if you can sell, if you can get one sale, you can sell a million times. And I think that feeling of like knowing it's possible opens up a lot of doors. So no doubt as a business person, that's the best first one. Yeah. Give me more of that. Totally. Totally. <laughs> seeing, that, seeing that notification of like, cause we do it through PayPal and seeing that pop in. It's like, yeah, you no, know, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. You're like, wow, I can make money from doing the thing I love the most and I can help someone like I get to help someone and make money. Wow. This is mind blowing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Lance, thank you so much for being on the next level <laughs> confident podcast. You're incredible. So much value packed today. Thank you. This is so much fun. I really, really appreciate it. You're awesome at this. And I was so grateful to have connected again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Talk to you soon.